Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our series on the wind. Here's Christine Geshom with today's message. We continue our series on the wind and this week we're going to be looking at a different aspect of the wind. Last week we heard from Pastor Jeremy and how he shared to us about the violent wind. And this week we're going to be talking about how the wind, the Holy Spirit, is likened to a breath. Um, if any of you have struggled with anxiety, you will know this, that they tell you to focus most on your breathing. They tell you to be mindful of your inhales and your exhales. Uh, because apparently, scientifically, when you breathe in deeply, there is more oxygen going to all your cells. More importantly, your parasympathetic nervous system gets activated. So the, the brainstem, the part of the brainstem called the amygdala, which deals with your anxiety response, starts to relax and all those chemicals which are being released calm down. So that's the purpose of deep breathing. It's, it's about focused breathing. But today we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit who is likened to the breath of fresh air, breath of life. We're going to be looking at that from the book of Ezekiel specifically. So I'd like you to turn uh, in your YouVersion Bible app, if you can go to the notes or in your Bible, if you can look at Ezekiel chapter 37. That's what we're going to be looking at today. Before we get into this, I just want to reiterate that the, the word for the Holy Spirit, Ruach, it actually means wind. It means spirit. It also means breath, which is why we thought it would be fitting for us to see why the Holy Spirit is likened to breath. This is what Jesus did interestingly in John chapter 20 verse 22 we see. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But we know that after only about 40 days, the Holy Spirit came on onto the disciples on the day of Pentecost. But in this passage, it specifically says Jesus breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. So with that in mind as our context, we're going to go into Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 to 14. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. This is what it says, a valley of dry bones. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living peoples again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath. From the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. 
All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. We're going to really emphasize on verse 14 today. We're going to be looking at that very closely. I will put my spirit in you. This is what God is saying through Ezekiel. And you will live again and return home to your own land. Today, when we liken the Holy Spirit to a breath, this is what I believe he wants to do in each of our lives. First of all, he wants us to live again. Now, you may be asking me, I'm alive. I have breath in my body. I'm sitting here listening to you. I'm very much alive. But are you truly alive? Are you really, really alive? The word live in this context, in, in, in verse 14, the, it's taken from the word kaya. Kaya actually means to refresh, to be rejuvenated, to be quickened, which means something that is alive. It doesn't just maintain it. It refreshes it. It makes it better. It brings more energy back into it. That's what this word means. And today I ask you the same question. Do you want to live again? Do you feel like you've just been going through the motions? Because especially during this season, all of us are confined to our, you know, tight spaces. We literally feel we're doing nine to nine duties at home with our, with our children or maybe with our work, with cooking and cleaning and everything else. We're just in this cycle. like It's like, you know, a monotonous hamster wheel. But I want to ask you this more than that, more than this season you're stuck in. Look at the whole period of maybe the past year. Have you really lived? Have you really, really lived? If we look at Romans chapter 8 verses 9 to 11, it explains what this life in Christ actually means. So I'm going to read, read you verses 9 to 11. Romans chapter 8 verses 9 to 11. He says this, But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh but by the Spirit. And if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. Now Christ lives His life in you and even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. This is a much debated passage nowadays where people propagate maybe an immortality uh, doctrine or anything like that. But here's what it actually means. This is what it means. He's saying, all of us are aging. We're all headed towards death eventually. So our bodies are aging. You can feel it. You'll feel it in your bones, your skin. But the truth is when we have Jesus, he reinvigorates us from within. So as old as we are getting on the surface of it, within us, with Jesus in us, he's just changing us. He's taking us from glory to glory. We're getting to know him better. Attitudes are changing. Our character is evolving. We're getting better and better. That's what he's talking about. With Jesus in you, your life actually must get better. Your life actually must be better than it ever was. So what does this life mean to live again? If the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to come in, I want you to live again. What does he mean? So the same passage, I was reading it in the message translation and I had such powerful words. I urge you after this service is over, if you could just take some time, look at Romans 8 and the message version. You will be amazed at the words they have used to explain what this new life in Christ actually means. But 
truthfully you know if you if you boil it down to this a life in christ to be alive and you know just bubbling with life it means that you live in freedom the message version talks about how the holy spirit comes in like a mighty wind and he frees you from the shackles of sin and death that's what you're living in you and i are living in a season where we're freed from the bondages of sin and death god came and just restored us from from all of that through jesus so we don't have to no longer live in the old paradigms of a victim mindset or thinking that everyone's out to get us no we are living free we no longer have to live in a prison of our own making we can also live this life alive if we live it on god's terms not on ours a lot of times i i've noticed that i run my day based on what i want but how many times have i have actually woken up and said lord what do you want me for, to do for you today how can i serve you better holy spirit lead me today T- tell me what to do i hardly do that but this life is really alive when we allow him to run our lives for us when we give him complete access complete control when we say you know what we live it on your terms lord and the message version again very lovely he, in a very beautiful way he explains this he says you no longer live a timid grave tending life but you live a, a life which is adventurously expectant of god isn't that amazing what a what word play adventurously expectant of god which means you wake up every morning and this is what the message says what's up papa what do you want me to do do we live like that do we say every morning father what do you want me to do today for you who can i help who can i bless who can i call and pray for do we wake up just you know filled with life do we have this energy flowing through us because of the spirit in us another thing about being alive in christ is knowing who you are and who you are your identity is so secure you know he is your father you know you are his child the best thing about that is your identity is completely completely covered in the fact that you're a child of god you don't need any other label the labels of the past don't matter anymore your current label is child of god and that's all that matters and so you can say goodbye to your identity crisis you can say goodbye to your insecurities because hey this is who you are so when you are alive in christ when when the holy spirit has come in to give you new life you can live a life that is so expectant of what god is going to do right now he's going to tell you this is what i want you to do this is what i want you to talk this is who i want you to go out and meet these are the things that he will direct you to do it's a life where your identity is so secure so you have nothing that troubles you people could have labeled you as all kinds of things they could have said you know this is who you are based on your appearance based on your parentage hey but today he's saying no your identity is that you're my child i am your father and this life it's truly alive when you live in freedom no more shackles no more hiding in a grave of your own making i want to ask you what are the graves that you are hiding in today it could be a grave of shame it could be a grave of guilt it could be a grave of self condemnation it could be a grave of maybe anger of bitterness these are graves of our own making many times but god is saying hey i want the holy spirit to come in and resurrect those bones i want to bring life back into those dead parts of your life i know for a fact there have been parts in my life which were totally dead there were skeletons in the closet but the holy spirit had to come in he had to come in and breathe a fresh upon me a lot of people don't actually know a bit of my story which has evolved over the past few years but um when i was around 30 uh, 32 33 i started uh, struggling with a severe um, anxiety and panic attacks and i didn't know what was happening to me i thought maybe i was uh, probably having a mental breakdown of some sort um eventually i did realize that i needed help so um i got in touch with a counselor a christian counselor and 
started working with her and I discovered that I actually suffered a bit of childhood trauma as a child. And uh, the childhood trauma was not the big focus. What happened over the next two years of counseling was I was introduced to the Holy Spirit in a whole new realm. The Christ my counselor actually helped me look at the Holy Spirit as my ultimate healer. My trauma didn't have a hold on me. My anxiety could not have a hold on me. The Holy Spirit came in. Through two years, I was exposed to his healing power. Today, when you, if you ask me, are you healed from your experiences? I can definitively tell you I'm 100% healed because I experienced the Holy Spirit's power who came in. There were bones in my life, hidden bones, bones of anger, bitterness, uh, severe relationship breakdowns. I didn't know how to have a regular relationship. I had walls in my life. The Holy Spirit came down with his battering ram of revelation. He broke down things that had to be broken down. He resurrected bones that had just, you know, been long unused. And he's brought me into a place, a spacious place, a place of healing, a place where I can help others, a place of complete empathy. When if someone tells me they've been through something, I don't think I'll ever look down on them. I don't think I'll ever judge them because I walked that. I know what it's like. So this is what my word to you is. If the Holy Spirit can come in, he, he breathed afresh on me. He brought me out of the grave I had put myself in. He brought me out. He restored me. I truly live now. Every day for me is a joy because I know that God has done so much for me. If he can do this for me, he can do it for you. He can bring life where there is death, where there's a stench of death, where there is bones that are rotting and dry. He can bring back life. He can put breath in it. He can bring you back out of that grave to live fully until your time on earth is done. That is my desire for each of you as you listen to this, that you will allow the same Holy Spirit to breathe afresh upon you. The second thing I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives today is he wants to give us rest. How many of you can honestly say you need rest? If we look at Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 14, he talks about how I will put my spirit in you. I will make you live and I will settle you in your land. The word settle, yonak, actually means rest. It was used in connotation to the Israelites settling in the promised land. That's where the word was derived from. So if you look at it today, all of us need rest. It's funny because our three children have been on online classes this whole week for two weeks now. And um, our youngest just has about half an hour every day. That's about it. They don't want them to have too much screen time. But you should see the drama he does after he finishes that half an hour. He will lie down on the floor or on the bed and he will just rest and he will yawn and he will stretch and you'll see he's so tired. And the other two who are still on their classes will look at him with such exasperation, meaning to say, you did nothing. What are you so tired about? Every one of us need rest from the most busy to the people who have the most time on their hands. We all need rest. And this it means it's not just a physical laying down kind of rest. It's an emotional rest. It's a spiritual rest. You know, rest is such a wholesome thing. It doesn't just involve us lying down. It means resting on all levels. When God created the earth, six days of active creative work, seventh day it says God rested. If God needed to rest, if the creator of the universe, the heavens and the earth and everything we see moving around us today, if he needed to rest, how much do we need to rest? It gives us a lot of food for thought. I'm going to look at Hebrews chapter 4 verses 1 to 3 from the Amplified and also verse 12. If you can just follow along with me just to get an idea of what this rest actually means. The believer's rest. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still remains and is freely offered today, let us fear in case any one of you may seem to come short of reaching it or think he has come too late. For indeed, we have had the good news of salvation 
preached to us just as the Israelites also when the good news of the promised land came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard. For we who believe, that is we who personally trust and confidently rely on God, enter that rest so we have his inner peace now because we are confident in our salvation and assured of his power. Just as he has said, as I swore an oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This he said, although his works were completed from the foundation of the world, waiting for all who would believe. Verse 12, for the word of God is living and active, full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrows, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. To give you a bit of a historical perspective on Hebrews 11, what happened was the Israelites left Egypt after 400 years of slavery. They were being brought out and God had promised them through Moses that they would reach the promised land. And that was their state of rest. He said, I will take you there and give you rest from all your enemies. So Moses dies just outside the promised land, but Joshua takes over. But what happened in those 40 years was that there was an entire generation of people who were the elders of the camp. They were so unbelieving, so hard-hearted. They indulged in idolatry. They, They turned away from God. They grumbled. They complained that God said, they will never see my rest. And so he made the Israelites wander for 40 years in the wilderness until that generation died. They all were wiped out. And after that, the new generation was led by Joshua into the promised land. And so that first generation did not see rest. The next generation came and Joshua led them to conquer territory. They were established in their cities. And eventually, just as Joshua predicted, they forgot God. They, they, they bypassed all his laws. They didn't stick to the word of God. Uh, they disobeyed blatantly. They, they indulged in idolatry. And eventually, they were given over to enemies. As you know, Ezekiel and other prophets wrote during the time of exile, which was further down their timeline when they completely abandoned faith in God. They went off the rails until God gave them over to the Babylonians and they were in exile for 70 years. So if you look at it, there's been a series of disobedient uh, behavior. There was a lot of rebellion. There was an absolute lack of confidence in God, which led to them never having their rest. The rest that was promised to them, they never actually enjoyed it. But today in Hebrews 4, what he's talking about is today that rest is available to you, he says, which means each of us, as we read this, we're entitled to that rest. We get to claim that rest for ourselves. But what are the conditions to have that rest? How do we actually step into that rest? One thing is we have to have a faith in God, which is unshakable. Faith in this place, he actually talks about a confident reliance on God, complete reliance on him, knowing that no matter what God, you have got this. You have gone before, you've done it before, you will do it again. So we can really rest when we confidently trust and rely on God. It's not this uh, hard-heartedness. We're saying, you know what, Lord, you might disappoint me, so I'll keep my expectations low. It's not this whole uh, double-minded thing where you may let me down, you may work, I'll be happy either way because I've kept my expectations so low. No, this is a complete wholehearted trust in Him. When you have that kind of trust, He says you will experience the rest that I give you. The next way of experiencing this rest is when our faith, you know, our belief that God will act for us is coupled with the energy that comes from his word. That's why I was reading from verse 12. It says the word of God is active and it's energizing 
and it, it's so powerful it dis distinguishes between joints and marrow if you look at it literally that they are not indistinguishable they're completely fused but look at that he says it's that powerful and so if our faith doesn't have the word of god as its bedrock it's going to be shaky faith it's like this i can live all the live long day with my children but if i don't communicate with them they're not going to believe that i love them they're not going to believe that i i have certain things that i have you know as expectations of them god he may be invisible but the word of god is his visible proof is the proof that he exists is the proof of his love for me if i don't live my life based on the word of god my faith in him is going to be shaky so if you and i don't have our faith rooted in the word of god we're never going to experience rest we're never going to find that kind of peace that comes from god that he has promised us we need to be focused on knowing god's word intimately this if anything in our church we're going to keep reiterating sunday after sunday it's this each of us need to know the word of god we live in a season when we have a lot of time on our hands even those of us who work long hours in between conference calls you can take your u version bible app you can sit and read the word of god you have the audio bible you have uh, bibles which you can journal on find out what works for you we have no excuses we don't have any excuse at this point of time to not know the word of god we need it more than ever so if i i urge you if you want to experience rest if you're saying i'm constantly in a state of unrest i feel fluttery inside i feel like i'm not settled yet my challenge to you is that you get into the word of god first and then through the word of god he will give you promises that you can hold on to and through those promises you will experience a complete reliance complete confidence in who god is nikki gumbel says this he says when you the people of god live under the word of god you discover the spirit of god increasing your experience of the presence of god that's how important the word of god is if you want to experience the holy spirit's breath today you want to see him fill your life you need to first fill yourself with the word of god there's no other way you'll experience the presence of god i still remember in 2013 when the holy spirit gave me the burden for um reaching out to children and and women who had been abused i i didn't know what i had to do but i knew this that god had given me a word but that was the first time i was hearing this particular word this it was an obscure passage from second samuel which jumped off the page at me so i noted it down and i and i have even written there lord i think you're speaking to me about my calling um but i didn't know whether god had really spoken to me or whether i just was intrigued by the passage so um the whole week went by that sunday i was in the us at the time with my family and that sunday as always i i facetimed with my parents uh, back in chennai and we were just chatting i was talking to my dad and mom and then i told them uh this is what god has shown me and i just don't know if it's if it's really god who spoke to me and my dad said tell me what passage god spoke to you from and so i quoted this verse at him and my father was in shock for half a minute and i said what happened and he said you will not believe but today i was at church and uh, my so my father went on to tell me what happened he was at church that day he had finished the english service upstairs he had come down he was waiting for my mother in the foyer of the tamil service when the tamil service pastor was actually preaching from this very same passage and the verse that i read out was the verse he emphasized upon as well and so my father had stood there for the 5 minutes listening to this and thinking oh my gosh i such an obscure verse i've never heard of it preached in this way and that was the exact verse that i brought up with him that night and so he told me my father told me you know what i think that was god speaking to you because he spoke to me as well 
I didn't know that he had spoken to you, but I I think that God is with you. Go for it. Do what God has asked you to do. And that day was when I had a complete rest in my spirit about what my calling was. You saw how the word of God coupled with our faith gives us rest. If it was not for that confirmation, I may still have doubts about my calling. But it was so clear to me that it was God who had called me and that it was God who was going to carry me through. Today, I want to ask you this. Do you need a fresh breath of life upon you? Do you need to come back to life? Do you feel like you've just been literally going through the motions of life, doing your job, doing the things expected of you, but nothing more, nothing less? I want to ask you if you will invite the Holy Spirit in to breathe afresh upon you, that He will, with His mighty, violent wind, blow through your life, remove everything that is not of Him, resurrect those bones, put back muscle into the things that you want to do, give you a fresh and renewed will for things. Maybe you're saying, I'm completely tired and worn out. I'm exhausted. The pressures of life are so heavy on me. I need rest. Can I urge you to get into the word of God today that you will allow God. He's done everything already. The, the job is done. Salvation has already been won for you. It's a finished work. You just have to walk in the knowledge of that completion, knowing that he's got you. You've got everything going for you. All you need to do is walk in confident trust, knowing that he has got this. And will you base that trust on the word of God today? I'm going to pray for you at the end of this, asking that the Holy Spirit breathes afresh upon you. But if you're saying today, I don't even know Jesus, how will I experience the Holy Spirit? Can I tell you who Jesus is? Jesus is the Son of God. He was sent to earth for each one of us because we're such sinners that we cannot save ourselves on our own. We need Jesus to save us. So God sent him down. He died on our behalf as a perfect sacrifice. And he didn't just leave it there. He he was then resurrected from the dead. He today lives at the right hand of God the Father. And in his resurrection, he gave you and me complete freedom from our sinful lives. He gave us freedom from all that held us back. Today, you and I can operate with that kind of power because of him living again. If you need Jesus in your life, if you want him to be the Lord and Savior of your life, can you repeat this prayer after me? I can assure you that your life will never be the same again. If he could resurrect the bones of my life, if he could restore me, if he could do amazing things with me, a broken vessel, he can do the same for you. He can do much more for you. Can I pray with you? Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you love me so much even though I am the worst of sinners. I repent of everything that I have ever done wrong and I ask that you forgive me. I ask that you will be the Lord and Savior of my life. I ask that you will be make me a child of God. I love you. I thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you need the Holy Spirit right now, can you just raise up your hands in your living room, in your bedroom, wherever you're seated? Can you just raise up your hands and say, Come Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you, fresh breath of heaven, I need you. Come and blow your beautiful breeze in my life. Take away everything that's not of you. Fill me with renewed life. May my identity be secure in you. May I live in freedom. May I operate on your agenda, not mine. May I live a life that is adventurous, a God adventure. No longer graveside tending. No longer living a timid, shy and, and, and embarrassed life. But Lord, I want to go out there. I want to put myself out there. 
I want to tell people of what you've done for me. Bring me out of the grave I'm in. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will breathe afresh upon each one of us as we watch this, Lord. That every part of us, every hidden, dark, broken part, you will come and mend. Lord, because you love us too much to leave us the way we are. And I pray that you will heal people at this very moment. Heal them of childhood bruises. Heal them, Lord, of, of relationship breakdowns. Heal them, Lord, because of the things they've suffered at the hands of others. Restore them to you, O Father. Restore them, O Father God. Rebuild them, renew them, refresh them. I pray, Lord, for a fresh urgency to pray upon your people. I pray, Lord, that people will yearn and long for your word. And that, Lord, each of us would soak in your word. We will meditate in it till, Lord, it oozes out of us. That the word of God will be on our lips at all times. We love you and we thank you, O Father. Holy Spirit, I ask again that you would come. That you will have your way in us. That you will cleanse us, O Father, from top to toe. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.